Hi folks, welcome to this premium podcast where Stelios and I will be discussing uh, an article or a, an essay written by a philosopher called Claire Chambers in 2008 called Two Orders of Autonomy, Political Liberalism, um, Breast Implants versus Female Genital Mutilation. Now, that's a slightly opaque uh, title, but what I think this shows, this, this essay when we go through it, what it um, teases out is the reason that the more limited uh, liberals, the, the more sensible liberals, I think are losing the argument to the extreme liberals. And I think Claire Chambers shows us why your average liberal Democrat is now giving you far-left, woke SJW talking points. Um, so... Uh, can I say one thing before yes, we begin? That I haven't read this article and I was completely off guard. Yes, and so, it's co it's complete improvisation from me. So. Yes, in Stelios's defense, I sprung this on him this morning uh, without giving him time to read it. That's how I win these debates. You see, uh, <laughs> keep my opponent off guard. <laughs> Choose the battlefield. All I'm saying is I learned a lot of lessons from Hannibal. Um, anyway. So, in this essay, uh, Chambers is arguing that what she calls, quote, a truly liberal project must take account not just of the desires people have to choose certain kinds of lifestyles, but also the reasons that they choose those lifestyles. And so this expands the scope of the liberal project far beyond what, um, I suppose, what we'll call the, the limited um, Rawlsian political liberal, who believes that liberalism isn't metaphysical, it is a purely political um, strategy, effectively, a legalistic document that involves merely the individual and the state. Whereas the political, the, the what Chambers calls the comprehensive liberal position, is an extension of liberal values into every sphere of life. Okay, so what I want to say first thing is that when, free, when people talk, uh, use the word truly liberal or mm. truly conservative, it seems to me that they frequently do a no true Scotsman fallacy. It's like uh, if someone says, you know, puts forward the generalization, say, says all Scotsmen like uh, smoked whiskey. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone says, uh, well, I know someone who doesn't like smoked whiskey and is from Scotland. The, the response is, um, but is not uh, he's Scotsman. not a true yeah. Scotsman. So I don't know if immediately if pe when people try and say if it's a truly liberal or truly conservative so or truly um, whatever. I'm going to pull you on that though because I don't think that's what she's doing. I think what's actually mm -hmm. happening is if you had say like the platonic form of a Scotsman who is this giant ginger bearded, tartan wearing kilt bearing, caber tossing man. And you had the average Scotsman who is just giant and ginger bearded, uh, a, a Scotsman who is also wearing the kilt, tossing the caber, he would be more Scottish than the average Scotsman. So he'd be closer to that platonic ideal rather than not being not a true Scotsman. It's not that he's not a true Scotsman. He's just not, it's a, it's a, 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 um, a scope, a right? scale, it's, it's scale. Yeah. He's more Scottish. Yeah. They're still Scottish, just intensively okay so uh, that would um that seems to me to involve the admission that there are various that th there is a scale of <laughs> liberal true. positions that's, yeah, that's absolutely and true. that you know not every position is the same yep. as any other because in the true no true scotsman uh, type of thinking we have the division between those who are scotsmen and those who are not whereas yeah. in the other we, we are talking about degrees of scotsness that's that that's exactly yes. right and yeah. i think that this is really good because it shows how when we think of Liberalism. Liberalism is just a notion that it's an umbrella notion. 
Yes. There are various degrees, degrees in which uh, liberals say that we should Mm. promote liberty mm -hmm. and there are many understandings mm -hmm. of what liberty is supposed to be so i'm pretty fine with the characterization well i and, and i think she is correct actually okay you know, that you could you can characterize it like that uh, and that what and what chambers is doing in this essay is essentially upping the ante and saying look if you value being a liberal if you value liberal values such as liberty and equality then actually i'm doing this better than you are right so it's a okay. kind of one-upmanship but if that is where you genuinely uh, have your moral sentiments, then that's effective against you. Actually, you know, so if you would say, "Well, look, you know, I'm a Scotsman, I'm you know big and ginger," but then, well, why? Where's your caber? Where's your kill? You're like, good point. I should go and put those on. You know, you'd feel that moral okay. pull, right? And that's what she's doing to the uh, centre-left liberal. She's dragging them further to the left, basically, by essentially kind of making them feel a bit embarrassed that they're kind of being lazy. And the, the fundamental charges that she brings that we'll go to through are cowardice and hypocrisy and arbitrariness as well. Okay. I'm, I'm curious to find out more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so uh, she's critiquing in this essay uh, a Rawlsian liberal called Martha Nussbaum. And uh, her limited approach uh, has her literally getting to points where she's like, well, you know, I might disagree with that. But I recognize a plurality of conceptions of good, uh, and my political liberalism stops where the person, quote-unquote, autonomously chooses a certain kind of lifestyle, and therefore that's outside of my remit, basically. I don't really have anything to say about that. Okay, so uh, from what I know, Martha Nussbaum has written a very good book against cosmopolitanism. Mm -hmm. That's uh, something I think at some point we should uh, view. Absolutely. Now, with respect to the Rawlsian liberalism, it seems to me that the Rawlsian paradigm of political liberalism is a bit limited. Mm -hmm. And I want to understand whether the target of this argument is precisely the Rawlsian view of liberalism yes. or every other notion I, of liberalism. Because I'm, I'm reasonably sure she's directly targeting specifically the limited political rules in view. Okay, and how does the charge of hypocrisy enter into it? Because Well, I'll tell you. Uh, so she never explicitly says you're being hypocrite, yeah. but that is, the, that is the underlying implication as to why would you be making these arguments if you weren't broadly charging them with hypocrisy, right? So um, she, she essentially exposes what is a sort of nascent radical feminism in rules, uh, but Rawls never explores it. He never goes any further with it. And she, like many other things, sorry for interrupting. No, no, he just I'm, throws topics yeah. and he lets Rawlsians pick them up. Thanks, Rawls. Um, but uh, but she exp expressly says, in fact, that if Nussbaum's position and Rawls's position is, look, we want sort of like social justice. We want to bring about a more just state of affairs. Uh, she says this quote. Nussbaum's political liberalism prevents her from making good the promise of her work on social construction and the injustice of social norms. Mm. So the fact that there are injustices inherent in social norms of society uh, that could be picked apart, and they're injustices from the perspective of not just the political or the liberal, but things that more, you know conservative-minded people might also consider to be injustices. But they are particularly sharp when identified by liberalism, and the fact that political liberals are like, yeah, I see that as being terrible, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, that is a kind of hypocrisy as okay. far as she's concerned. So I want to understand this because it seems to me that Rawls's 
putting forward a distinction between what he calls the rational and the reasonable. And he also uses the notion of a comprehensive doctrine. And it seems to me that, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Chambers writes about comprehensive liberalism, does she, it seems to me that she's using the notion, she's engaging in a post-Rawlsian debate, and she is using the terminology that he's putting forward. In, when, he di, when he says that they're in a modern day Western society, there's a plurality of, let's say, reasonable doctrines, mm -hmm. and that in a way we should try to find what they have in common, the, the overlapping consensus, right. the domain of public reason, mm -hmm. within which we are going to be think of as citizens. And if someone thinks yeah, no, in terms of reasons that are that do not belong to the overlapping consensus, that uh, that person is illiberal and should be seen as a radical. No, she's not. Is, she's not using it in that term. Okay, uh, she she's uh, defining political liberalism as Rawls did, um, but to that that entire scope, she calls political liberalism. Yeah, and then outside of this is what she calls comprehensive liberalism, where the political liberal applies. Um, in fact, we will get to it in a second. But the political liberal uh, only applies it their liberal values specifically to certain particular categories. Okay. And she is saying, no, that should be applied to everything. Uh, okay. That's what she's calling a comprehensive liberal. Okay, so the, the charge is, if you're going to stop, if you're going to say that the, your liberal values apply in, in X cases X and Y. Why not in Y cases? Why not in yeah. cases exactly. Z? Okay. And, the, and this is where the charge of arbitrariness comes in. It's okay. like, look, you hold these values, but you withhold them upon certain conditions. Now, I know there are going to be plenty of good reasons. Now, obviously, there are loads of good reasons. But that's because you're not uh, this kind of hyper-liberal, right? Okay. You know, But to the average like Lib, Lib Dem voter, they actually can't formulate an argument as to why not. Yes. Right? And so this is a strong charge against them. And it makes them look like kind of moral cowards. You're afraid of doing it. You're kind of hypocritical. Or you're just being arbitrary. You can't explain yourself. Okay, so is this charge specifically directed against supporters of this position? Yes. Or could we say that it can be directed against supporters of every position because supporters of every position are have varying degrees of sophistication? In which case, the same rationale, the same reason why we should reject as, let's say, sophisticated people, the people who give these arguments, they exist in every camp. So, for instance, yes. in Marxism, yes. there there are many Marxists yes. who literally cannot yeah. give you an argument. Or yes. there are many leftists, there are many Democrats, there are many lib in everywhere. So, what what she's everywhere. doing is um, something that we could say radicals or hardliners in any political philosophy could do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you you'll get the um, sort of social democrat yeah. who's completely upended by the radical anarchist type of Marxist. Going like, yeah, but you're not going to bring it back true communism. And they're like, no, I know, but we're going to get a step closer and a step closer to yeah. something better. And the anarchist is like, well, that just essentially makes you a conservative, then, doesn't it? Right. And that, and that, but the the moral charge comes from within the framework the social democrat is already using. Yeah. Right. And that's how Chambers is attacking Nussbaum's position, the Rawlsian position here. Okay. So I will try to defend a bit the Rawlsian view, well, not because I embrace it, but because I want to see exactly sure. how she would answer. And we could think also yeah. together on on our feet well, about what may be wrong about it. Yeah, and, and, and I don't agree, but that's because uh, Chambers is essentially adopting a kind of monomaniacal view of liberalism from uh, against some, because it only works against someone who is 
um, 100% committed to liberalism's fundamental values. Right? Okay. If if you had any, well, sometimes that's not correct. You know, it's, sometimes it's not correct for a child to have perfect liberty from their parents. Yeah. Well, then you're not. You're th this argument won't work against you, right? Yes. But if if you are hard line on being a liberal like you're, you know you you I I emotionally committed to it then this will definitely work on you. Okay. So question because here it seems to me that we started talking about a family and mm -hmm. here there are definitely I you know I mm -hmm. couldn't agree with you more that the notion of autonomy has been completely distorted especially mm -hmm. when we talk about yeah. relations in the family but it seems to me that political liberalism is not in general not just the roles in view is not a theory of how people should act with each other. Mm. And it's not a theory That's exactly right, yeah. of how, for instance, parents should uh, yeah. uh, relate to their yeah. children. I mean, it's Rawls explicitly carves that out, doesn't Yes, it? it's a theory of how we as citizens and people who live in a particular country mm -hmm. relate to the state. Yes. And it represents a demand mm. from the state to give us a kind of framework mm -hmm. within which we are going to coexist. And something that Rawls was saying in political liberalism is that, wh which isn't a Rawls imposition, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is, mm -hmm. the, this claim, is that a lot of the tradition of political liberalism, especially when it comes to Locke and, mm. and afterwards, was, was uh, drew inspiration from the Reformation and the religious conflict between mm -hmm. Catholics and Protestants. So it seems to me that that's what political liberals are concerned with, mm. that we have groups, two or more, whose members embrace a kind of view about a value, uh, an evaluative system mm -hmm. that is comprehensive in the sense that it's a closed system of values that applies to everything in life. Mm. And he says that when we have groups with incompatible views of life, very frequently there are going to be tensions and conflicts. So the, the only way in which we should uh, avoid this problem without bloodshed is by getting members of each side together, sit, t tell them to sit on the table and say, listen, if you don't want this to descend to, to let's say, become a jungle, yeah. you need to accept that people are going to live in a way that you do not find to your liking. Yeah. That is why we have a sort of tolerant society. But the problem with that is that from the liberal position, for yeah. liberal values, you are per perpetuating injustices. You are allowing injustices to continue because all of these uh, conflicting value spheres are essentially illiberal. And okay. if they're a liberal, then the liberal conception of justice can be weaponized against them in order to not only solve the problem of their conflicting value sets, as in you can liquidize their value sets, so they all end up non-existent, basically, and so they can't conflict with one another, uh, but in doing so, you essentially also liquidate those institutions, and that's where she's going with this. So let, let me let me go through, let, let's okay. go through a bit no, more. No, I had a we, good idea, but yeah. Yeah, we're getting right. So to, to combat the problem of... Um, what well, the problem that she lays out right is that liberal concerns of autonomy, which are based on choice and equality, are in contradiction. And Nussbaum is prepared to value autonomy over equality. Right? Yeah. And this allows 
uh, in her view, it's a betrayal of liberal values and allows injustices, which she considers to be harms, uh, to exist in society outside of the purview of the politically liberal state. So the politically liberal state is blind to these things. And she thinks, well, that means that liberalism is perpetuating an injustice. Liberalism is meant to be against these kind of injustices. And therefore, we need to have a liberal lens that allows us to, f to see these things and attack them. Right? And so to combat the problem, she distinguishes between two forms of autonomy, which is the title. Right, She describes the, these as the first one being first-order autonomy, which concerns the attitude one has to the rules and norms as part of their life. Right, So a person is first-order autonomous if they critically examine the rules and norms and follows only that which she endorses. She, for some reason. Um, so essentially, that person then has to critique everything that that person they do in their entire life yep. to make sure that they morally endorse every rule they have to follow, right? Someone who's second-order autonomous, uh, this is concerning the way that they live their life writ large, as in the general comprehensive conception of the good. So, as she says, a person is second-order autonomous if she chooses or endorses the overall conception of the good that she follows. And so that means that if um, a young lady was like, well, I would like to be a, a Catholic nun in a nunnery, um, she is second order autonomously chosen that life. She was free to choose it. No one's forcing her into it. But once she goes into the, the convent, she's going to have to follow a series of rules that yeah. are totally illiberal. The first order autonomous liberal would look at each of those rules and say, no, I don't agree to that. No, I don't agree to that. Maybe I agree to that, but no, I don't agree to that. And will refuse them when presented. Now, this obviously comes with consequences. It means that the first order autonomous person is essentially a woke social justice warrior. Okay. And that's what this is, right? Everything they find in, oh, it's problematic. You know, this is racist, this is sexist, this is that, this is the other, right? This infringes on my freedom or equality in some way, and therefore I have to reject it, which means any institution that wasn't explicitly constructed out of liberal principles fails the test and must have state intervention to dismantle it. Okay, so quick notice this seems to me to be much closer to the comprehensive view of liberalism oh that's what she's calling the first order autonomy is is how the concept comprehensive liberal expresses their liberalism second order autonomy is how the political liberal expresses their liberal okay. liberalism. okay excellent so i have plenty of things to say about what you said before and then i'll link them with autonomy sure, go ahead. Uh, because i i want i i think i got an idea of of uh, what it is that she may be saying. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. So mm -hmm. you said that as a political liberal, you will be you will allow injustice, and you, yeah. in allowing injustice, you are a hypocrite yeah. or a bigot. Well, a hypocrite mainly. She doesn't okay. call them bigots. Okay, um, but she calls them hypocrites. Like, okay. for example, you might join the Catholic Church and then be told you can't become a female priest, and you would consent to this if you're a woman because you're a Catholic. Okay, even though it's a liberal. So one thing is that. One thing that is permanent here is that it seems to me that in the classical political liberal doctrine, not the Rousseauian, the pre-Rousseauian, mm -hmm. there is a very strict distinction between law and morality, mm -hmm. because we under, uh, the, the people in that tradition, and I, I count myself, I count myself as member of that tradition. Yeah. I, I believe that if we have gov if we think that morality should always be legislated in its entirety. Mm in a comprehensive 
sense mm-hmm. because obviously you do need a kind of moral guidance. Sure, in the, there, there is in a connection between law and morality. Yeah, but the thing is, it seems to me that there is a very big danger in saying that your entire moral system will be legislated mm. because it's what Aquinas was uh, saying, that if laws were as strict as moral laws, everyone would be in jail. Yes. So laws have to, and not only that, but let's say that this is a generalization or mm. you know, a statement, another statement, but there's also the problem of assuming that we accept this in the abstract, who's in power? We are giving mm-hmm. them the sort of rationale with which they legitimize the, uh, their, let's say, uh, exercise of power in a tyrannical fashion. Yes. But, but another question here would be, and I think that this, tell me if she's talking about this, because yep. you, so on the one hand, I do accept, for instance, that in if I live in a liberal society, I will have to tolerate things that I may consider mm. unjust, yeah. but, this also applies for others because mm. they, they, I may be living in a way that they consider unjust. Mm. So I wouldn't want that freedom away necessarily. Obviously, it depends upon what sure. we are talking, but that's the general thing that we understand that just because we think that something is just doesn't mean that the other person does. Yeah. And one thing is that it seems to me that she does have a good point when she's talking about the Rawlsian position, which simultaneously tries to be neutral, mm. but also is committed to the difference principle. Yeah, is it, that it, the it, kind of injustice she's talking about? That's not the kind of injustice she's talking about, but that's one of the charges of hypocrisy that would be leveled, right? Okay. As in, you yeah. are you are actually promoting an affirmative moral value system. Okay. Uh, and you're trying to claim that actually you're not. Yes. And also, you are betraying the moral value system that yeah. you're advancing by allowing the injustices that you know shouldn't happen anyway. And okay. so it's justified to use state intervention against those things. And this, the the difference between first and second order autonomy is how she identifies those things, right? Okay. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the first order autonomous person is essentially a crazy SJW who has to apply their lens everywhere they go and can't accept that there should be things outside of the uh, liberal value system, which is what the Rawlsian... A liberal would do. Um, and so in Chambers' view, she says, uh, quote, I argue that some ways of life or specific choices within a life are sufficiently problematic, even when chosen autonomously, as to merit state intervention. Okay. So, um, and would she use the example of a nunnery? She probably would, but she uses okay. the example of breast implants and female genital mutilation. Okay. I, I, um, I was working a lot on autonomy. Right. And I'm writing on it. And autonomy is basically self-government. Yeah. And there are various views of autonomy. And here it seems to me that there's a distinction between the procedural view mm-hmm. that's value neutral mm-hmm. and the substantive view. And those who are in favor of sub- substantive views of autonomy, they say that there are some things that you can never choose autonomously, mm-hmm. even if you think you do. You may be brainwashed, for instance, or mm-hmm. something is wrong with you. Would she use the, is this relevant? She's getting to that point. She's yeah. getting to that she, point. She, so yeah. she would say that no woman, for instance, would choose autonomously to go into a nunnery or to choose a, yes. to wear a hijab or things like that. We'll, we'll get to it okay. if you want. Uh, Nussbaum, of course, is not in favor of comprehensive liberalism, which uh, invades every sphere of life. Um, and facilitates a first order on autonomous, autonomous perspective um, in 
she actually doesn't think that everything needs to be assessed against the a priori standards of liberalism and judged accordingly, right? And certainly doesn't agree that state intervention is merited just because something is illiberal, right? But um, but of course, we've got the modern perspective on uh, oppression and autonomy and uh, coercive, right? coercion, right? And so the comprehensive liberal uh, values it not just from state control, but also from social systems, right? So it's very Rousseauian in that way, right? Could you repeat the the pen penultimate phrase you had about uh, state intervention? Yeah, not just state intervention, but from uh, coercive or oppressive social structures. That she would not be in favor of state intervention against. No, no, the comprehensive liberal would yeah. be in favor. The political liberal would be less inclined. Yes. Right? Okay. So the, yeah, yeah. the 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 political liberal accepts that there can be illiberal social structures, but they can be autonomously chosen. Okay. But Chambers attacks this by saying, "Well, is it really autonomous? Okay. Right? Because you're molded by these institutions." Okay. Um, so just to to put a nail on that. Uh, Chambers says, Nussbaum's argument then is that political liberalism differs from comprehensive liberalism in preferring second-order autonomy to first-order autonomy when the two conflict, but agrees with comprehensive liberalism in disliking cases where a non-autonomous life is thrust upon someone, but by luck of birth, and so has not been chosen autonomously. So you can see here how she's saying, no, 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 we're the same. I'm just prepared to go that one step further. Okay. You're being cowardly. Yeah, okay. Right. That's what she's essentially driving. Again, she never says it explicitly, but that's okay. just what she's driving. Okay, but I, I may take issue with this because sure. the thing is that it seems to me that this is precisely what many communists would say: is that yes, okay, you you realize, for instance, that uh, you live in an imperfect world and you put yeah. up with it, and putting up yeah. with it is yes. But I think that th I think that this is th there is a problem here: mm -hmm. is that they fail to see things holistically yes. because this is what, yes. for instance, a Marxist would would say that. Yeah. Oh, look at all these imperfections. But if but if I can stop you there, that's precisely why we aren't having this discussion in the office among ourselves. Right? This is why we are we're analyzing this discussion because okay, okay. you're ex you're exactly right. You know that that is of course the general problem with this worldview. But once you're in this paradigm, yeah, this is how they get you, right? Yeah. And so I agree. Obviously, we shouldn't do this. But once you're in the paradigm of we need to use liberalism to bring about social justice, well, the Rawlsian finds themselves at a disadvantage to the comprehensive liberal because the comprehensive liberal says, well, no, I agree with you on all of these things. You need to go a bit further and a bit further and a bit further. Okay. Why aren't you? You're a coward. You're a hypocrite. You're being arbitrary. Okay, so I understand. Yeah. So the, the, the argument she gives forward is that if you are a political liberal and you want to promote yeah. social justice, yes. then the comprehensive liberal has... Yes. Okay, then yeah. in that sense, she, I, I agree. Yeah. She's being clever about the way she's framing this as well, because okay, she yeah. is deliberately centering herself on the same foundations as the Rawlsian liberal. Yes. Like if, you, if you're not a 100% okay. Rawlsian liberal, then of course, this to you is just like, well, I just don't agree. I'm just not going to do it. So the hypothesis is a con involves a conjunction of conditions. If you oh, yeah. are a political liberal yeah, yeah. and you want to promote social justice, yeah. then you f fall into the yeah, trap yeah. of the comprehensive. Yeah, yeah okay, and, and she, I, I totally agree with this. Yeah, and she's explicitly said this, you know, when she said Nussenbaum's political liberalism make, prevents her from making good the promise of her work on social construction and the injustice of social norms. Yeah. You can see she's explicitly saying this. She's like, no, 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 I'm going to take you where you, I think you ought to go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and where I can drag you yeah. using this kind of reasoning, right? Yeah. To watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com.